And now the next time you're going into any money related conversation, whether it's raising your rates, working with clients, whether it's raising your rates, you know, going into the next career opportunity that's right for you. I want you to remember every single thing that you stated when you were being the least humble version of you, because that's who you really are. And like, when you accept that, you'll realize that in many ways, like you are underpaid or undervalued or undervaluing yourself even. Um, and so, yes, so much of how we are, are able to receive is based on like what we are available for. And so just go increase your level of availability and then, you know, money will flow to you. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lessa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right, loves. So this episode, I'm really, truly grateful for our guest to be on because I have been wanting to talk more about money, money mindset, building wealth. There's so much more I can go into this topic. So if you really love this topic, I do want to hear from you. You can go to the beitpod.com slash tell me and fill out the survey and let us know, or you can just DM me. Um, but if you really are loving this topic and if money is keeping you from being it till you see it, then we need to talk about it more. That's what this podcast is for, is just bringing on experts that can help you be it till you see it. And so besides inspiring stories, I think it's just really important for you to hear information that helps you get out of your own way. And the reality is, as I talk a lot about this a lot with my agency members, my coaching members, is that money is energy. And as a teacher, you are giving so much energy to your client. You are pouring to them, making sure that they get all the right exercises for their body, and then oftentimes undervaluing yourself and under earning. And so therefore people are paying you what you said, but you're not actually getting the energy back because it doesn't, it's not equal. They can't teach you by the way. And so like they have to pay you for the energy so that you can keep doing what you're doing. And if you are undercharging, then of course you are going to reach burnout and of course exhaustion or just the resentfulness of like people just not valuing you, but you're not giving them the opportunity to do that. So I really hope as you listen through this interview, as Steph and I have what I hope is a conversation that helps you understand not only wealth, why you need it and like things you could be doing right now to help you with those thoughts, with that mindset and with the actual action steps to building it. I really hope you get all of those. So bring out your notepad. This is going to be one you want to save. I know I, I actually like wrote notes. I, you know, all I can't read my writing, so I'm going to have to re-listen <laughs> to see what notes I wrote down, but there's so many great books. You're going to just like build your book list with this and you're also going to get some great quotes that you can remind yourself of just how fucking worthy you are. You are the only person who can do what you do the way that you do it. You're it. And if we do not make sure that you are getting paid the money you need to get paid, then how do we keep you showing up the next day? Like, let's just be real. I don't care how amazing of a human you are. If you're not getting the energy repayment back, it's going to be really hard on those tough days to show up and do the thing that you know you're on this planet to do. And when you make money, right? One of the coaches that I work with, Chris Harder, he says, when good people make good money, they do great things. Please remember that. Because if you are feeling guilty around the money that you're making, we have to shift that. Because you making good money and then putting it towards the things that matter the most to you, I know for a fact you're going to benefit the people around you. I know not a single person listening to this podcast is a selfish asshole who's just going to hoard it all for themselves. No, you wouldn't listen to this. You would not. There's no way you'd listen to this because I'm all about abundance and that is not being abundant, like hoarding, right? So I really hope that this conversation enlightens you, inspires you, helps you take action, and, um, and may we all be part of collapsing this massive gap in women having equal wealth to men. So Steph Caldwell is our guest this week. Take a listen and then please subscribe to her podcast because she's got a really awesome podcast that I'll let her tell you all about in this episode. Okay, be it listeners. So um, you know how I say perfect is boring. It really, really is. And it's also hilarious and embarrassing sometimes when you do it right in front of someone you're so excited to talk about. And I share all this because Steph Caldwell's here and we got to talking and we got so excited. And then I looked at him and I was like, you know, something doesn't feel right. 
something's wrong. Oh, I didn't hit record. And I share that with you before I introduce Steph Galwell because you're going to make mistakes and you're going to be like, oh my God, red in the face. And you know what? I say just make them more often and it's really less... (laughs) That's uncomfortable. So Steph Caldwell is someone I had to have on the show, um, as she has already heard, and now you're hearing. I was listening to her on Lori Harder's podcast. I was getting in the shower, and I made the podcast stay on, just on full blast. And I was agreeing with everything, loving everything, taking notes. And then I DM'd her. I was like, you have to be on my show. I have to have you on here. And so Steph Caldwell, you are amazing at helping women build wealth. And I actually want you to share everyone who you are and why you rock at that. Well, seriously, I'm so excited to be here. And um, for the listener, I mean, like failure, failure, messing up, starting over, that is the point. Like if you think the point of any of this is anything different than that, then the point that you think it is, is wrong. Um, So (laughs) hello, everybody. I'm Steph Caldwell, uh, personal development author, uh, angel investor, tech startup operator. And I like to say fun haver, um, because again, like you only live once. Uh, What is the point of any of this if it's not a total freaking blast along the way? I, you know, you're exactly right. And thank you for also saying that. Cause it's like, I think I know that everyone listening to this and maybe even, I don't know about you, but for me, I grew up, everything had to be perfect before I could even get started. Like it just had to be like this. And that is the opposite of having fun. <laughs> like you cannot, really? you cannot perfect having the fun time. So you can't live in both places. So I just, I'm grateful for that. And also what's your favorite way to have fun? Oh my gosh. I love a good hike with a girlfriend. Mm. I love a good boating day. I love like last night I went and saw Joe Rogan stand up. I like, I would see stand up every night if, if I could, um, same. And then just like laughing, like just laughing for the sake of laughing and like screwing around. I was listening to, um, another podcaster or some gal and she was like, never lose the art of just screwing off just to screw off. And like, that's, you know, what I typically do on a Sunday when I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, and first of all, I love that. Second, I would also, I wanted to be in stand up. I really like thought like, oh my God, that's the thing I should be doing. But I can't yeah. stay up past 10 o'clock if like, <laughs> I really can't. Like, I, I like really try. And there's a cu- occasional moments where it happens. I'm like, wow, see, I could do it. I can't. Like I need to be a yeah. lunchtime comedian. Like people who want to be left at 2 p.m. <laughs> Can we normalize lunchtime comedians? Because I will share this. When I was early in my career, I had read that um, learning improv and stand-up can be really good for a sales career. So we've got in Chicago, this school called Second City, Tina Fey trained there. You know, I think like Bill Murray trained there, right? Like notable comics have trained there. I went and took lessons and everything was so late at night. I was like, this career is not going to be for me. I like bedtime by eight. You know, this is just yeah. We're going to have to table this one for future life. Yeah. No, same. So like, that's what happened. I was in a comedy class and I literally stopped going because I was like, I'm falling asleep driving home. Like this is not right, working right. for me. That's safe. <laughs> so since we're not actually um, professional comedians, because yeah. clearly um, we weren't born with that <laughs> that body clock. Um, yeah. When you're not ha- – well, like the times that you're not having like the fun or hiking with a girlfriend, like hopefully your work is fun. But what are you doing? Because you got your personal fidelity author. Like what made you get into these things and what are you doing on your daily basis? Yeah, yeah. So um, – as in terms of my career, I have always worked in tech startups. And uh, that's been, you know, a multi-decade journey doing everything from selling products to uh, marketing products to working directly with customers to keep them around to use those products to actually building the products themselves. And about six years ago, I woke up in a tech startup um, days after I didn't get this promotion that I had raised my hand for. And uh, of course, you know, like if you work in tech startups, like they are traditionally run by white men and there's nothing wrong with my white men. I love them. I've got two white men, brothers and a white dad. Um, but I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like the glass ceiling that everybody told me about, I finally ran smack into it. And this really, really sucks. Mm -hmm. And so I remember at the time, you know, reading, reading some, some quote that like, in terms of like overall gender equality, we're 208 years away from like when women will be equal with men. And I was just livid. I was like, what? And so it really just set me on this journey to be the best that I could be to turn around and help other women, you know, be the best that they could be. And ultimately to, uh, to write a personal development book while still kind of maintaining my career in, in technology, because I, I believe that women have a space there and, and that there's a lot we can do if we continue to participate in that environment. Okay. So first, what's the book called? So I'll go read it. <laughs> yeah. The book is called Manifest Her. Um, and there's a subtitle which the the essence of it is like 
helping young women manifest their biggest dreams and lives. I love that. You know, people hearing the part where you didn't get the promotion could get upset at that. And then there's like, obviously like the looking back of like, at least for me, I'm like, thank goodness you didn't because it made you go read this thing and go, what the fuck? Like, like I'm here, you know what I mean? Like the frustration of that is what really puts you on the path to where you are right now. And like the things that you're doing today. And so like, while I wish for you to always have the success you want, like there's something about hitting those walls that really help us become who we're supposed to be. Yeah. For the person who's listening, like, like when you hear that number 208 years, (laughs) like it feels like it just, it kind of can feel like an overwhelming and a little bit debilitating. Like, how are we supposed to get 208 years to be now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to I mean, wait 208 years. I'm not going to live that long. Literally, I think every single day, how do we collapse that? Um, and there's so many ways. I think the easiest ways are like looking inside of ourselves and and really getting a sense for our worth and mm-hmm. what that translates to in terms of our hourly rate or our annual salaries. Um, and making sure that the worth that we feel is the worth that's reflected in the, the paychecks that we are, you know, either getting from our employers or getting, you know, by building building our businesses. I think the second thing that you can do is take that wealth and instead of spending it or giving it away, is investing in your future, investing in the markets. Um, I joke oftentimes that like we can go and we can blow, you know, two hundred bucks at Target, but do you own two hundred dollars worth of Target stock? My guess is that if you put, you know, the same amount of money that you're going to go blow at your favorite publicly traded company into their stock, uh, mm-hmm. that you would feel uh, feel and realize gains over time. And that's like a really specific example. Don't go invest in Target stock. There's definitely better <laughs> mechanisms for you. Don't take um, stock but, advice from a podcast, but right, right. <laughs> I'm like, in particular, which ones? That's, we don't know what day you're listening to this. But okay. So first of all, like I'm like, yes, okay, invest. And then it's like, how? Like what like how do you know which stock? Like how, like what's the first step to, <laughs> to like doing that? Because I think that that's totally wise because then every time you go and shop at said Target, uh, you are at least like benefiting your own <laughs> personal interest. But um, for the person who's like, yeah, but I don't actually even know how to do that. Like, where do they need to go to learn? Is there a class I'm supposed to take? Yeah. I mean, there certainly are classes that you can take. I think it just starts by getting curious, mm-hmm. um, asking, you know, for every dollar that I'm earning, how can I put this dollar to work for me? And you'll find there's so many different thought leaders in this space that I've like looked to over the course of my financial journey from, I remember like getting out of college and like Susie Orman was like the person that everybody recommended. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's just like a women's kind of like personal development meets money mindset guru. Um, Then there's like the Jen Sinceros of the world that will really help you step into mindset. There's the Tony Robbins of the world that will help you, um, you know, build kind of some structure around how to treat and handle your wealth. And then there's also like people that you can pay that literally for a living can help you maximize your total earning potential over the course of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, re- I highly recommend it. And also like Susie Orman helped me like actually get out of credit card debt from after college. Cause like who was charging her books on credit cards? That would be me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need this book for this class. And so I like read her little note about like how to pay off your credit cards faster. And it, w- it actually worked. Like it was like, take, pay off the smallest one and then go on to the biggest one. You have more money. And I was like, oh, but I was often raised like, just save the money and don't spend it. And I love that you follow that up with like, invest it. Cause it's yeah. not about not buying the lattes, ladies. It's like, take, <laughs> it's like, you know, using that money to go work for you. Um, it's yeah. very different than just like holding on to it and <laughs> not do anything with it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's stats out there and I might butcher these a little bit, but we'll give you guys the essence. So right now, let's say you've got a hundred dollars in a bank account. Inflation's at like 9%. So that means, you know, a year from today, that hundred dollars is worth $90. You can put that in the markets and the markets, you know, don't, don't, you know, generate these returns always, but let's say that you generated that same 9%. Now you have $109 or, you know, whatever the math on that is. It's, really important to be thinking about like by keeping this just as cash in the bank, am I gaining money or am I losing money? And if you lose money every single year for a lifetime, you're going to wake up in a much different spot than if you gain money every single year for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to um, what you were saying earlier. And there was a couple of things you talked about. There was investing. There's also um, your book, Manifest Her. So yes. um and then there's the 208 years that we're trying to collapse. There's a lot of things yeah. that you're doing here which I'm obsessed with. When it came to like writing your book and, and helping women manifest, what was the difference between like just manifestation, maybe this is in your book, and like 
act like the action towards mm. getting the thing that you're manifesting? Is there steps for that? What do you normally do for that? Yeah. When I was graduating from undergrad, I remember waking up and, and for my entire life, I'd been an athlete and being absolutely terrified about life after college because all of my identity was tied up in like the environment that is like the academic world. And this is so random, but my then boyfriend, now husband, bought me a purple zippy from Lululemon. And I was like, what is this Lululemon company, right? Like at the time, I'd only worn Nike. And uh, anyway, I went to their website and I found this goal setting program, manifestation program that they had at the time. And uh, what they recommend you do in this program is a few things. First is uh, take stock of your life as it was 10 years ago and show yourself, remind yourself how much growth you've experienced over the course of the decade. And it's actually mind-blowing when you do that exercise. And then the second is to project out your life 10 years and envision yourself in the environment that you most desire to be in if you could create everything in your life that you wanted. And again, you, reminding yourself of all the growth you've experienced in the past 10 years can really like in, uninhibit you from envisioning where you could be in the next 10 years. This is amazing. This is so cool because, you know, so many people are like, okay, what do you want to be in the next 10 years? And it's like, I don't know. Like, depending on the day, you might be like, I know where exactly I'm going to be. And then it's right. like, everything is against me. I don't know what you're asking right now. <laughs> but to actually take the data of how far you've come in the last 10 years, you probably wouldn't even have believed that you'd be where you are now 10 years ago. So yeah. um, that is really cool steps. I am going to do this homework assignment when we're done. <laughs> 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 well, let me, let me raise you one. Okay. So, uh, when they, they talk about the next 10 years, it can be really, really challenging to be like, this will be the job and this will be the salary. And this will be, you know, where my house is like your address, but it's a lot easier when you abstract out the specifics, right? This is how I want to feel in my career. This is how I want to feel in my home. These are the types of things that I envision. And so they would recommend, and this is what I recommend in the book is that you kind of break down your life into three component parts your personal life. So the relationships that you have, uh, your health, you know, like literally your being and like how you're treating your body, um, and your career, which I think, you know, translates directly to financial and then reverse engineer where you want to be when you're envisioning that 10 year you to where you need to be in five years to be on track, where you need to be in one year to be on track. And then my recommendation is like, keep pulling that back. What could you do in the next 30 days? What could you do tomorrow? And then you end up with a roadmap for everything that you need to accomplish in order to manifest that life. I love that. I love that a lot. I have done this. Well, this is how I do all my goals. Everything is a reverse <laughs> a reverse roadmap, something because I used to take a maze and like start at the end and like work my way backwards. And uh -huh. I just, my dad said I was Wait, cheating. That's so smart. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And he's like, you're, che you're cheating. I'm like, why wouldn't you do this? Like, it's, right. Like, <laughs> you're like, no, dad, I'm just a manifester. Okay. I'm just manifest. <laughs> I had no idea it's preparing me for this. But it is true when you do it like that, it does feel like more tangible and you can actually, what it does make you do is you can't go, I don't know how to do that. I'm, I'm like, yeah. I get to be stuck. You actually do know the next action step you can take. And so it helps you like kind of get that ball rolling and get out of your own way sometimes, you know, because I think we can be the first person in our own way before other obstacles show up. Yeah. And I think oftentimes like the first step is a conversation mm -hmm. or it's like a Google search, right? It's the most simple things. Yeah. Thank you for my, cause it is, it should be that simple. If your first yeah. step is not as simple as a Google search or conversation, you can break it down another a little bit, everyone. loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food in your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! Okay, exactly. you mentioned women, you said um, worth. Mm -hmm. and um, making sure that like if they're working for themselves or they're working for someone, like is their worth reflected and what they're getting back? 
Mm-hmm. I feel like, at least in the communities that I'm running, a lot of women can have a day where they feel like they are definitely worthy and then they feel guilty of the worth that they're demanding of mm-hmm. <laughs> that they make, right? How do we, I feel like that is a big step that we need to figure out if we want to collapse the 208 year situation that we're in. Because if like I, when I coach the male teachers, I coach, they have no problems. Like I'm like, oh yeah, that they, they want to make this much. No problem. I'm going to go ask, like they don't actually ever feel guilty about that. And other people, like when I coach women, they're like, I know, but like, what are my clients going to say? Like, if I can't like, I, like, I, I don't know why we're so concerned. <laughs> Am I making sense? So like, what is it that you found and what can we do as women to kind of get the guilt and the worth to not be competing against each other? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's challenging. It's really challenging to, to step into the version of you that can demand that mm-hmm. because there's a lot of emotion and complexity tied up with money. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes when I feel like emotionally tied to a situation, I try to be more objective. Um, literally take a step back and look at the skills that you have and how much the market pays for those skills and how good you are at those skills. And that will show you that you're either on the bottom side of that market or the top side of the market. Mm-hmm. And my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you really give a crap. You're probably doing a ton of self-work. You create tremendous value for the people that you work with, the organizations that you work in. and the work that you do reflects that. And so why why conflate how you feel about accepting money with the objective reality of your worth being being more? Mm-hmm. And and then try to expand your container to be able to receive that. Um yeah. I know that's that's kind of it, I don't know how useful that is for somebody, but that's what's worked for me. Yeah. I think like when you said expand your container, it's almost like I had to like I'm a visual person. So I like was close like think about like closing your eyes and it's like, like allowing yourself to be big enough to have, to receive all of that. And I think yeah. sometimes we are so used to playing small. We've made our container so small that it gets filled up really quick before we've reached our worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, James Clear wrote a great book, Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. And there's something that he says in the book that has really stuck with me and that I constantly find myself going back to. And it's, I'm the type of person who, and then fill in the blank at the end of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, I'm the type of person who makes half a million dollars a year or a million dollars a year mm-hmm. or $10 million per year. Mm-hmm. And then like, again, like envisioning and stepping into like, who would I have to be to actually be able to receive $10 million a year? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Why? Like, I'd probably have to be a different person. Like, that's not my income level. But again, like just going through those mental exercises of like, who would I have to become to be able to receive in that capacity can really help you figure out like where you need to do the work to be able to receive in that capacity. Yeah. That can be more be it till you see it. If I, you know, if I told you to say that, um, <laughs> so, but you know what it's so, I was talking to, um, one of my friends who owns a business in town and I was going to teach a workshop for her. And I just said to her, I, I love you. I, I'm, I'm saying no right now. And it's not you. It's just, I need some more time to be with myself. And I said, and I ran into her in person. I said, thank you for understanding. Most people be like, Oh, when can you do it? And she just was like, no problem. <laughs> It was so amazing. And she said, Leslie, she's like, I am working on something right now. And so you saying that just gave me more time to work on that thing. But what it was, and this is where I'm getting at your point, is writing down like the person you want to be or the thing you want to have, and then making sure that the next thing that you write down or the next thing you think isn't conflicting with that. So who like I'm the type of person that makes half a million dollars. The next thing is like, as you said, like, what would I have to do to to be someone who can make a half million dollars, to someone who makes a half million dollars. And she says, oftentimes we write down like, but I don't have that. And I have a job that only pays me $115,000. You know, like we erode the manifest that we erode the vision. And really mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be is like, okay, if I might make a half million dollars, um, what does a person with makes a half million dollars do in the morning? Where does a person who makes a half million dollars go to work? <laughs> Where do they work? Right? Like that yeah. kind of thing. And so I um, have been working on that because I stopped doing one of my morning routines of journaling because I was busy. <laughs> I convinced myself yeah. we're so good at this. Even those of us who have like a really strong morning routine can convince ourselves like I need that extra 15 minutes. And I remember I was at the bank yesterday and I was, it was a little frustrating thing to do with the bank. And I was like, you know, people who don't have problems at the bank 
probably also make time for journaling and they don't feel guilty about it. And they don't like all these things like I made up my own version of it. But like it's we keep waiting until we have the thing to be the person we want to be and supposed to like who is that person and what do they have to do and how do we add that in right now? And maybe you only are making $115,000. But if you start taking the steps that a half million dollar person is doing, you can have that life sooner. Yeah. (laughs) Having a half million dollar life (laughs) and working your way towards making it. Yeah. And I think two things to that. First is our de facto response to anything that feels uncomfortable is I can't. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage your listener every time like that thought comes up in your head, like override, doop, doop, doop. How can I? Mm -hmm. Right. And then how can I is just a more expansive question to ask yourself. The second thing is know that there has been plenty of research executed that would indicate to you that just by having that goal of hitting that, you know, half a million dollar per year mark or a million dollar per year mark or whatever it is for you, you are, I think it's like 10 times more likely to achieve it just by having that written. So there was like a Harvard, um, Harvard uh, research study done in the, in the 80s. Look this up. It'll blow your freaking mind. Um, but basically like 3% of people graduating Harvard that year had both written goals as well as plans for achieving them. And when they were revisited years later, they were making 10x those of their peers that had either you know written goals or no goals at all. That is incredible. First of all, I love that. It's also so believable. I mean, maybe the listeners remember the story, but maybe not. I'll just remind you. When Brad and I decided to move to Las Vegas, first it was December 2019. We're like, hey, maybe we should maybe we should actually think about moving to Las Vegas. And Brad's like, yeah, like in 2022 or 2023. This is 2019, right? Because we had so many plans for 2020 and we had to like kind of change the life if you're going to want to move and buy a house. Like we've been living in California without the goal of buying a house. So (laughs) you have to make a lot of life decisions that are different, everyone, when you're ready to buy a house and you were living in California before. So fast forward, March 2020, our entire calendars canceled everything. Like I'm just like literally refunding retreats and workshops and all this stuff. And I had a client who said, uh, she worked at Google and she said, we're going to be home until June of 2021 is what they said. This is in April of 2020. And I was like, if Google's going to be at home remote, every tech company is going to go remote and space is going to become a commodity. And so I told Brad, we need to move to Vegas now. And he's like, okay, well, maybe like this, like later this year. And I'm like, nope, June 1st, we're moving June 1st. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did this whole thing. We wrote down like how many rooms will the house have? How, like, how much will, can we spend? Like what, how much we want it? How much square footage? What does it have? We got very specific. Mm-hmm. And then we put that away. We started doing some stuff, did a couple work things. And sure enough, when we found this house, it was all the things we wrote down. It was mm-hmm. a better price point than we thought. And it, we moved on June 1st. Like it was all these things. And so had we not written it down, had we been like, oh, we're going to do that, whatever. Had we not like actually gotten specific about it, I don't, I can tell you right now, we probably wouldn't be here because I wouldn't have known what I was looking for. I wouldn't have known I found it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, um. so there's so many things in that. One is I have to reference a woman's work who I just adore, Dr. Tara Swat, Swart. She is like a neural manifestation guru. So she talks about like the brain science behind manifesting. Um, and then the second thing, so go and read her book, The Source. The Source? Yeah, the source. Um, So go and read that if you like this conversation. Second thing is the universe loves clarity. The universe does not love wishy-washy. Same exact thing happened to me and my husband. It was last Christmas. Unfortunately, we didn't get the house, which I'm still grieving. But Mm. (laughs) we started asking ourselves, if we left the city, because we're city people, then like, what would the dream house look like for us? Number of rooms, walkout basement on a lake with a boat slip, all these things. I shit you not. I get on Zillow the very next day and I'm like, oh my God, this is the house in our price range. You know what? All these elements. It's like by having that clarity, you can attract and find that thing because you're aware that that's what you're looking for. 100%. So you like, I'm going to put, I put the source down because I got a, I got a credit on my book thing to read, but I am rereading in paperback Pam. I think her name's Grout, Pam Grout's book E squared. And she also did some science behind things. And everyone who's like, oh, my God, these two girls are talking about manifesting and getting clear. But do this. If you are a doubter, this is the book for you because she has nine experiments. All seven of them only take 48 hours to do or less. And it's you have to be specific, but you are. She literally has you test the universe to prove that it exists and that it brings you things. And I did this book, gosh, in 2013, 24, no, 2014, I did this book and I when one of the experiments, I wrote Brad's name down and we were not dating and he was not calling me and nor was he texting me, but I wrote his name down as someone who's going to call me. 
And the rule was it had to be someone who had your information, but you, you would not say, oh, call me later. Like couldn't been like we hadn't talked in like three months. So I wrote his name down and within 48 hours, he had texted me and like the rest is history. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> so like I um, I've been feeling a little bit like I've been feeling a little unspecific in things. And I'm just like, I want mm-hmm. like insert generic goal here. And so I'm like, you know what? We have to get back on that book. We have to get back on the yeah. specific bandwagon. So, um, so everyone, two manifesting books with science behind it. Yes. <laughs> mm, I feel like there's a better house for you. There was a thing, but, um, but as a city person, you have to be specific if you're going to leave. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been checking out the Zillow every day. My so, my advice, because that was a really weird to leave the city of LA, like like in the UCLA to like Vegas, and I we're we are by the Strip, so I'm like, oh look, city skyline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so back to women and building wealth, um, yeah. and feeling worthy. Mm-hmm. What what do you say to the woman who who maybe like? Oh, we'll just use my me as an example because I know we have a lot of listeners like this. I wasn't raised with money. I was raised with parents who like. Well, one parent who would spend the money since <laughs> they came in. And I kind of feel like it's because didn't feel worthy. And that's why they're like getting rid of the money. You know, yeah. sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but just an observation. Um, and then, you know, so no money. It's always gone. The, the answer to everything was no, we don't have any money. And then to fast forward where I make way more money than I ever saw an adult member of my family make. Um, what do you say to that person as they are trying to even build more wealth or feel more worthy of things like when around them, they never had that as a model? Is there is there a mantra? Is there something they could think of? Like what is because that is also stopping us from bridging that gap? Yeah, I think that the first thing is in any area of your life, when you start doing work, results come, Right. And we have been trained in how to have relationships with the people that we work with in our careers. We have been not trained in how to have a relationship with our money. Mm-hmm. And so there's tons of money experts out there. There's a woman that I really adore whose work has really impacted my life, Jocelyn Kelly Reed, um, who teaches us to look at money like a resource, just as air is a resource that is abundant that we breathe and we don't think about. Imagine money being the same. It can come into your life. It can exit your life. It's literally just kind of this ebb and flow of how you exist. And for me, you know, similar situation, like I, middle middle class, you know, but but my parents didn't have tons of affluence. Affluence. Affluent. It's okay. A Sundays bring on the worst words. For- <laughs> right. Right. Oh, blah blah blah. Uh, and so, um, you know, even just like getting around, getting centered around things like debt, right? Like, I think debt can like be this major shame spiral, especially for women, because we've been told it's bad. But in reality, like debt is just a means to afford a future that we may need to step into more soon than we're ready. Mm-hmm. My husband and I bought a home, you know, a number of years ago that we invested into as an Airbnb property. And I took on debt to make that investment. But that investment is paid back tenfold, maybe 30 fold at this point. And so, while I had shame around the debt at the time, now I look at it and I'm like, it was the best decision I ever made. And it accelerated the future that we're now living in. And so again, you know, there, where you put forth effort results follow. Mm -hmm. I would encourage anybody listening to this. If you have money, shame issues, if you have a belief system that makes you feel like you're not worthy of accomplishing the financial success that is available to you, if you just simply want it, um, go and put in the work there. Yeah, I like that. I also I like the way you put that together because it is where you put the effort it uh, does expand. And yeah. you know, so and if that's where you need it. And and thank you for bringing up the debt thing because I do think there's a lot of shame around that kind of stuff. And one thing you'll that you don't know is like pretty much everyone has it. <laughs> so yes. you're not the only one. <laughs> and, right, and right. Also, something that I remember Cause I would say this to my clients who like, didn't like the number on the scale. And I'm like, well, you're not walking around with your scale number on your shirt. Like no one actually knows <laughs> what you weigh. The yeah. same really is for your bank account. And you walk around thinking that everyone around you who looks like they have money has more than you. You don't know. They might have tons of debt that goes along with the right. money that they have. And so I think like, um, I remember I heard a speaker and oh my gosh, her name is escaping me. And y'all, if I remember it, we'll put it in the show notes or we'll talk about it in the recap. But she was very clear, like one the energy of which you spend the money on your bills matters. So like when you like have a lot of positivity around paying the taxes and paying the bills and mm-hmm. the words you use. And then two, like 
credit is a good thing. <laughs> like having, yeah. having that ability to use that to expand the the business that you're growing or the the works that you're doing, it's very different than just like going to Target. <laughs> uh <-huh. Again. laughs> There's a difference. Um, so uh, I really, really enjoy that. Okay. So Steph, like with, if somebody is wanting to start today to have more of an idea around welcoming wealth in and I mean, obviously we have your manifestation tips um, and we can, and wanting to get into the investment world, what, what other things need to think about when it comes to building wealth? Is there like an obstacle or something we may not have discussed yet that could be like hindering women from actually making the wealth they want to make? Yeah. Uh, so there's a book that I read a couple of years ago that just the, the title alone is epic. It's F word being humble. So being humble. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember reading it and being like, who would I be if I was the bossest version of me that had no humility whatsoever, mm. right? Like take all the humility that has been like entrained in you from being a woman and playing small and all these things that society kind of like forces on us and just strip that away for a second. Don't got to do it for a long time. Maybe just go get in the shower and be the bosses version of yourself and talk about your accolades and your accomplishments and how far you've grown and how incredible you are and what a great you know partner you are to the people in your community. Like literally go to the most expanded, pompous, like proud version of you and just let that out. Mm -hmm. And now the next time you're going into any money related conversation, whether it's raising your rates, working with clients, whether it's raising your rates, you know, going into the next career opportunity that's right for you. I want you to remember every single thing that you stated when you were being the least humble version of you, because that's who you really are. And like, when you accept that, you'll realize that in many ways, like you are underpaid or undervalued or undervaluing yourself even. Um, and so, yes, so much of how we are, are able to receive is based on like what we are available for. And so just go increase your level of availability and then, you know, money will flow to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really love that. I really love that. And I, I was thinking as you were saying that, like, no one has ever like said, you know what, go see so-and-so they're the most humble, AKA cheapest place in town. Like no one's saying that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, like imagine like going to work, like work with, you know, a fitness provider and they're like, you know, I'm like actually not very good at helping you accomplish your goals. Like, I'm, I'm mediocre at best. Like, no way. Are you going to, like, I want to go to the person that's be like, you're going to leave here with a six pack, a totally new diet and be absolutely ripped just like you want. Like that's who I'm going to hire. Yeah. So be that version of you. Well, isn't, it, are. isn't it Tony Robbins is like the most certain person in the room wins. They win all the time. Like the most yeah. certain person wins. And I also think like if you'd follow that up with like, I'm going to do all of this super, super confident. How much do you charge? Oh, it's $50, $50 right. like with the question mark. <laughs> They'll be yeah. like, uh, wait, what? I was about to pay. That sounded like a two hundred dollar an hour thing, and now it's like I'm gonna wonder what's wrong with it. It doesn't match. <laughs> like yeah, your most yeah. bosses, like badassery, doesn't match the price you just told me. <laughs> yeah, when when people pay, they pay attention, mm -hmm. and your the price that you uh, you request is more about the transformation that you provide to your customer than it is about what you're able to receive. So, like, think about this: when you pay fifty dollars for a service. You show up and you treat that $50 service the same way you treat a $50 service. When you pay $5,000 for a service, you show up as a very different person. $20,000, $100,000, right? Like know that your customers will get more value out of you when you, you know, demand a, a price point that forces them to show up as the best versions of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And you also will like them more. You won't resent yeah. them for... Yeah. <laughs> Like, because, you know, when we resent something, it's because we broke a boundary with ourselves. And if you're undercharging, of course, you're going to resent that yourself. Like, you're going to be mad at you because like you're, mm -hmm. you're, they're blowing off the thing that you think that they should be valuing, but you didn't charge them enough for them to value it. And then you're pissed because you're also not making enough to do the thing that they're not valuing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's so much to unpack in our feelings around money too. Like what revenue do you bring into your business that like feels like hell yeah revenue? And what revenue do you bring in that you're like, ugh, I do not even like this. Then find ways to get more hell yeah revenue and less ugh revenue. And ultimately you'll grow over time. Okay. Well, that, that is, I can't, Brad's going to love this. <laughs> 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 I already know Brad's going to love that because that is, 
That is also one of the most simple ways. Like I think some people can complicate it like, well, oh, this is the thing that I make the most money on, or this is the thing I sell the most. But it's like, actually ask yourself, like, which one is like, hell yeah, money? And which one's like, uh, money? And then how do you make more hell yeah money? And what do you have to change in your business or in your day or in your schedule or your life? Like that's, oh, yes. Oh, I love. Okay. Well, Steph, I mean, I feel like I can keep talking to you forever, but we're going to take a brief pause. And, uh, and after this, we'll find out where people can just hear more of your words. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years, I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated, and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Steph, where are you hanging out? Where are you giving this amazing advice? Don't, um, you have a podcast coming out. Yeah, I do. I do. So because you've been listening, you know that my whole thing is how do we compress time? How can we help women have more wealth more quickly? Um, there is an emerging economy and emerging industry that I'm really excited about. You may have heard the words web three. You may have heard the words crypto. Um, I'm really passionate about this space. Uh, as it's opening doors to new wealth creation for women and not enough women are leaning in. So where people can hang out with me um, on September 7th, uh, my new podcast, Allow List, is launching along with my co-host, shout out Laurentini. You're amazing. Um, It is a podcast focused all around Web3 and crypto. Um, I know you might be listening to this and be like, ah, this is so weird. This took a left turn. Trust me. <laughs> um, this is an incredible industry. And, and I would love to have you guys come and listen to that podcast. Well, I think it can sound like a left turn because when people hear crypto, they think, oh, God, that's just like, I don't even understand stock markets. And I have to understand like <laughs> that. <laughs> and then also everything that they've heard about crypto. But can you like in um, layman's terms, describe what Web3 is? Because I think that that's a word that they've heard less. Yes. Um, so if you think about the internet, something we all know and love, in the early 90s, the only thing you could do on the internet was read stuff. <laughs> That's web one. <laughs> uh, if you think about your experience with the internet right now, you can both read things on the internet as well as interact with people on the internet. So it's read and write. Web three is a new iteration of the internet that allows you to read, write, and own your experiences in your digital life. If you think about things that we've talked about on this podcast, envisioning where this world is 10 years from today, my guess is that we're spending even more time in digital lives than we have been historically. And Web3 really enables the ownership of our digital lives as opposed to being owned by the public utilities that are available to us. Are, I, we, ta- are we talking about like the metaverse? Facebook. Are we talking about like living in a, like a, like a, 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 like a, what is it? Virtual reality? Is that what we're talking about? Metaverse is one component of Web3, but certainly not the whole story. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God there's another part to the story because I was like, I'm just not. I don't want to be part of that world as much. I'm already there. They already have three apps for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I, but you know what? First of all, like, I hope you all download it and go and listen and at least listen to all their launch episodes because here's the deal. Women historically, we've not been able to be part of the first steps of any creation. <laughs> like, just even in the 90s, like, how many women were in tech companies, right? And now you are part of tech companies. You can tell people how few women are there. And this is like an opportunity for all of us to actually be part of it, be part of what's being curated. And we already know when women are at the top, we do way better decisions. <laughs> um, it's completely true. So there's science, everyone. Uh, but I like I think that this is this is not something we should avoid because this is the an awesome opportunity we could be part of it at the beginning and we should be so I'm excited that y'all are doing it I I can't wait to tune in and, and actually learn about something I know this much about um <laughs> and Brad is like Leslie you know he he talks about all the time but like I think I've been like you know blinders on I don't la 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 but we can't do that anymore we need to be part of it if we want to make the changes and we want to also be in charge of the experience we get to have, which we all should want to do that. So thank you for starting that podcast. Um, it's allowless. Yeah. Allowless.vip mm. is the website and allowless uh, VIP is the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you know, all the places. Wonderful. Okay. So we ask everyone and you've given so many great action steps already. So I totally understand if you're highlighting the best ones. Be it till you see it, action items, bold, executable, intrinsic or target steps women can do to be it till they see it. Yeah. I was really excited about this question when I was preparing. So I wrote down um, four principles that guide my life. Mm -hmm. And these are quotes from other people that I've picked up in other personal development books along the way. The first is there's a statute of limitations on all childhood traumas. I think in many ways we let trauma hold us back work, do the work, and then choose to hop, skip, jump past it. I think that that's just a choice we all make. I have my own trauma. You can hear about that on plenty of other podcasts, but that's a guiding principle for me. The second is that you have to say no to what you want to do in order to do what you really want to do. I think the power of no is so undervalued, but the more you start saying no to the things that you want to do, the more you can start saying hell yes to the things that you really want to do. And sometimes it's harder, but it's better. I love that. The third is you can have your excuses or you can have success, but you can't have both. So make a decision. Um, who do you want to be? And then the fourth is ask yourself every single day, are you willing? Are you willing to be that person, that person that takes action, the person that has the hard conversations with themselves and with others, uh, the person that can step into the life that you most desire? And mm -hmm. so that's it. Oh my gosh, saving all of those, saving and putting like I'm like gonna put them where I can read them from my desk. I'm one of those people that needs little reminders all the time. Um and I will say this, I have to give you the the names of the people that said those. Okay, things, please. Because those are not my original words, and I don't want anybody to think that they are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give the credit in. Where are they from? Yeah. Um uh, statute of limitations is Alex Benayan, the third door, saying no to what you want for what you really want. Amber, uh, Amber Ray. Choose wonder over worry. Mm -hmm. You can have your excuses, but you can have or, or, or success. That's Jen Sincero. And then are you willing is Gary John Bishop. Okay. The third door book, everyone, that's an, put that one on your list. That is a phenomenal oh, book. That is such a good book. And it is, um, I think I can look back at my life and see that every success I've had is from the third door. Like it's never... It's never been the first door. It's always been this third door. And whenever I try to go to the first or second door, I'm always rejected. I'm always like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> these stupid doors. <laughs> oh my God. These are okay. I could have you on forever. You are amazing. Um, you have such great advice. Thank you for being so willing to share it. And um, and also I hope to have you back. So if you all loved her um and you love what you said, let us know. Screenshot this tag her on Instagram, tag her podcast, go listen to it and say, which part of this was your best takeaway? Which one of those things are you journaling about or thinking about are going to do right now? Um, not only does it help to be a pod, thank you, but it also helps staff with her mission, which is really helping women build wealth and collapsing that gap. And I think that we, um, we can do this together. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. Until next time, be it till you see it. episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. 
One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As the Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week that you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks, and you can go to beitpod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore Tavi and you can use my discount code, Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.